The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh, We are very honored today to have a well-respected and renowned uh, guest. She is, I could spend the whole hour telling you her credentials. Um, I'm sure you all know who she is. Her name is Phyllis Schlafly, and her she is the author of 20 books, um, which is amazing, and uh, all very important books as well. And she has a monthly newsletter called the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Um, she has been voted the... Um, uh, well, she, she was voted the, she has voted many things, the Illinois Mother of the Year. She's the mother of six children. She's an attorney. She is the uh, national, a national leader of the conservative movement since the publication of her best-selling 1964 book, A Choice, Not an Echo, and so on. I'll tell you more about some of her, um, some of her honors, some of her accomplishments as we go along. Today, although obviously she can talk about many different things, today we're going to be talking about something that's particularly uh, time-worthy because of what's, in the, what's number one in the news these days, um, the economy. And uh, Phyllis is going to be talking about it from a very interesting viewpoint, reverse sexism in the Obama economy or the Obama economy. And this is the more obscure drag on America's recovery. You haven't been hearing about this. I haven't been hearing about this. Um, it's been it's been kept relatively quiet, I guess, by the mainstream media. But this is something that really plays a role in what's happening with our economy. And and Phyllis is going to be uh, uh, is perfect to be able to explain it all to us. What you've ever what you always wanted to know about reverse sexism. And Obama economy, I can, I'll say that right by the end of the, end of the show. Obama economy. It's a very cute uh, way of, of putting it together. So, Phyllis Schlafly, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Carroll. I'm just very happy to join you. Well, let's. Um, you know, it is so interesting that. I mean, unless you've been. Well, I'm sure where you've been speaking, it's been you've been talking about it, but. But so much of the um, mainstream media is just talking about the same, the same wrong um, unemployment figures, you know, for starters, telling us that the unemployment is much less than it is. And really, I haven't heard anyone talking about this angle. So tell us about it. Well, when Obama first tackled the, the, the unemployment problem, he said he needed his stimulus package to be passed Congress 
because we needed to uh, have some shovel-ready jobs. And everybody had the picture of uh, men in hard hats uh, repairing some of our roads and the infrastructure and other construction work yeah. where the loss of jobs for men has been so heavy. Uh, well, the feminists had one of their tantrums. They demanded a meeting with the Obama administration. They even demanded the way they would sit in the room around in a circle without a table huh. so they could uh, be very intimidating to the government officials. Huh. And they demanded that the women get the majority of jobs. Now, it was the men who lost the majority of jobs, but the Obama administration caved in, and women did get the majority of them, because the Obama administration is a feminist administration. They are in hoc to the feminists, and uh, that's the way it is. And it didn't help the guys with the hard hats at all. Yes, you're right. That is the picture that we all had of men in hard hats repairing all the things that need repairing in our country. And why another, they... another, another example of the mm-hmm. feminist control, you know, when they went through all these budget negotiations about uh, their bipartisan deal, uh, Harry Reid said uh, that the one thing that was non-negotiable, that they would not agree to cutting whatsoever for any reason at all, was the appropriation to Planned Parenthood. That mm-hmm. was more important to them than anything else. Now, that's the demand of the feminists. Hmm. And I think most people could think that there are other government programs that might be more important than handing out money to that private group. Well, why do you think, I mean, you you said um, this government is, I mean, is it because of some the money that has been generated by feminists? Why do you think that they have so much power? Uh, the, the feminists uh, have... Um, inserted their vocabulary, their language, their complaints. They're always crying around that they're the victims of of or this, that, or something else. And uh, they're trying to make people that, uh, believe that they are not well-treated in the United States. In fact, one of their current modern leaders, Jessica Valenti, wrote in the Washington Post recently that uh, f- feminism means that Women are victims of the patriarchy, and the patriarchy has to end. Hmm. Now, this is so ridiculous. American women are the most fortunate class of people who ever lived on the face of the earth. Why don't they spend their time helping the Muslim women who really are uh, treated in a bad way? Hmm. Well, but why, and why do you think that Obama, that they have so much power in particular with Obama? Well, he has, uh, they've got, uh, really control over the Democratic Party. Uh, the Democratic Party has fixed their national convention, so it's got to be 50% women. And, um, uh, I think the feminists, uh, just simply, um, have tantrums and, and, and are demanding, and they are very intimidating to men. You know, my, my latest book is called The Flip Side of Feminism, where I tell what's wrong with it. But the subtitle is What Conservative Women Know and Men Can't Say. And, and the men, it just isn't normal or natural for men to fight women. And uh, so the men are intimidated by them. Hmm. And do you think Michelle Obama has a role in this? Well, sure, surely she's a feminist, and, and uh, she... Uh, made uh well she had this job in 
in Chicago, which she didn't have to do much of anything, and they gave her just an enormous doubling or tripling of her already enormous salary just because they were on the way up. And, and I don't know. She, you know, both of them lived privileged lives. Mm-hmm. They they never were the victims of anything. They they were both of them were, uh, went to private expensive schools, got uh, affirmative action uh, uh, entry to all sorts of things, and and uh, uh, they were they were not the victims of anything. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so I think, uh, and and then the the feminists are. Uh, so dominant in the media and in academia. If you've looked into any of the women's studies departments and the colleges, uh, they're teaching a lot of this nonsense. And and when you when you realize what they're doing, you realize that the feminist movement is never for equality. What it is is interchangeability. And they want to pretend that uh, women can do anything men can do, and uh, that uh, women are victims who are. If you get married, you'll never be paid what you ought to be paid. Or if you uh, if you get a job, and if you get get married, your husband will probably beat you up. And uh, so, it's uh, the men don't know how to deal with this. That's why I'm trying to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I want to talk about that. That the flip side of feminism. But let's let's continue for a little bit more with um, Obama. Um, you know, it's interesting. You've been, you know, your first book. I was just uh, uh, saying that it it came out in 1964, and um, obviously you've been a a leader for for many many years, and so you've seen the progression of feminism. Um, you know, the change in the country because of the feminist movement, and how how has it? You know, you're a mother of six children, okay, but you also have this incredible career. So how do, do you get criticized for, um, you know, well, you were voted mother of the year, but I mean, do you get criticized for for being a powerful woman and yet saying that, um, you know, talking about some of these issues? Well, sure, they criticize me all the time, and and uh, you see, the feminists do not believe that women can be successful. You never hear them bragging about successful women such as uh, Margaret Thatcher, uh, Condoleezza Rice. Uh, they, they, they just don't believe women c- can be successful. I think one of, one of the reasons why I, I was successful in defeating the Equal Rights Amendment, which was their principal legislative goal, was that they didn't believe I could do what I was doing. Mm. They thought I had to be financed by the insurance companies or something else, which is ridiculous. And uh, But uh, uh, we set out uh, and took on a challenge where uh, to defeat the Equal Rights Amendment, uh, which was supported by everybody who was anybody in politics, all the way from Ted Kennedy to George Wallace and all the presidents in between, and um, we beat them all, and they, they're they not going to get over that. They're still griping around about that. <laughs> but, well, the, but the principal goal, one of the best books that on feminism 
is Carolyn Gralia's book called Domestic Tranquility. And she shows positively that their main goal was to uh, get rid of the full-time homemaker, uh, to demean her, to um, make her not respected in society, uh, to tell them that uh, full-time, uh, the job of taking care of babies is, is not worthy of an educated woman, uh, that uh, they all ought to get out in the workforce and report to a boss instead of a husband. And, of course, Betty Friedan called the home a comfortable concentration camp. Hmm. And um, uh, they have uh, kind of succeeded in in uh, getting most getting rid of most of the full-time homemakers. And they've been very much uh, assisted by the handouts from the federal government, which go to single moms. Yes. It doesn't go to married women. It goes to single moms. Yes. Well, we need to take a break now, but we will be back. Uh, my guest is Phyllis Schlafly. Schlafly. <laughs> And she is, well, she's an incredibly erudite woman who um, has single-handedly taken on the feminist movement. And uh, we're talking today about reverse sexism in the Obama economy. There we go. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacy Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacy's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about reverse sexism in the Obama economy. My guest is Phyllis Shapley. She is um, a renowned Woman, a national leader of the conservative movement, she was named one of the hundred most important women of the 20th century by the Ladies' Home Journal, and uh, 20 books to her credit. Um, the last one, the most recent one, being called "The Flip Side of Feminism," and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But right now, we were talking about uh, the the feminist bias that the Obama plan, the economic plan, has been giving to, uh, to women the, the, the preferential treatment. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I was lo- reading uh, your, uh, looking up some biographical information about you, and um, I was reading about how when you were growing up, your father became unemployed for a while, and your mother had to work. I mean, could you tell us about that and how that affected your views about this? Yes, I grew up during the Great Depression, and my father was a sales engineer, and he he lost his job, and my mother went to work, and uh, after a few lesser jobs, she finally became the librarian at the St. Louis Art Museum, a job she held for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, the lesson I learned from that was you need an education to be prepared for whatever uh, society and fate uh, handles you, hands you. Yes. And so I, you know, I'm so amazed with these feminists who think that education for women started yesterday, <laughs> and it didn't. It didn't start with them at all. I got my bachelor's degree in 1944. I got my master's from Harvard in 1945. No discrimination whatsoever in the graduate school. And my mother got her bachelor's degree from a great co-ed university in 1920. Wow. What's the problem? That was available there for any woman who wanted to take advantage of it. Wow. That's amazing. Um, So... Okay, so now, but why is it that you, so, but how did that affect what you, how, what we're talking about now, how you feel that there's reverse sexism? I mean, in a sense, um, well, I mean, I guess, I guess. Well, it's, well, you talk to any of the young people coming out of college, and, and if you're a white male, you've got a hard time getting a job, a harder time than any other group, uh-huh. because they think that, uh, they are uh, giving the preference, uh, uh, well, primarily to women, and uh, it's, it makes it very tough for the guys. So, and yes, I, I just think that's uh, extremely unfortunate. But the, but the worst part about feminism is the is all the classes lead the young women to plan their life uh, career in the workforce without any space for marriage or children. Yes. And, of course, you can plan your life any way you want. I don't have any problem with people making a choice if they don't want to get married or don't want to have children. 
but uh, it, it's it's when they get to be in their late thirties or forty, there are plenty of them who then decide they they really do want a marriage and children. Yes, and and uh, well, it <laughs> it just isn't as easy. I mean, God knew what He was doing when He sent <laughs> babies to younger women. Yes, it's true. There, there are more and more women who are finding themselves in that predicament, absolutely, because they're so driven to have a career. And, of course, we were driven. <laughs> you know, you became a lawyer, I became a doctor. But, but I don't think you, well, obviously not you with six children, but me neither. I don't, I don't think the plan was never to just to do that and not have a family. Um, but, you know, it's so sad because there are so many things coming together uh, in the sense that, as the economy has gotten worse, there has got so many, um, there's such fallout, including increased child abuse, for example. Um, so many, uh, the in, increased divorces, increased, of course, uh, domestic violence. Um, you know, as people are increasingly frustrated and men are emasculated and, um, and, and, you know, so the family is put through greater and greater stress. And really, we've, we've already been seeing uh, through the generations of feminists, you know, as it's become more, more popular, um, that women are spending too much time away from their children, focusing too much, not, okay, obviously not all women, everybody's different, but there are so more, many more women who are focusing so much more on their children than, I mean, on their career, than on their children. And the children are really suffering, the latchkey kids and so on. Uh, yes, I'm glad you said that because that's very, very true. And it's uh, terribly unfortunate. Uh, a baby is a very helpless creature, and the baby needs a mother and a father. And uh, uh, the baby doesn't really like it when he's put off on some kind of hired help. And uh, it's uh, it's it's just unfortunate. I meet young women all the time who have been the kind of the victims of a feminist mother who grew up in that generation and were sold a bill of goods about uh, uh, what was important in life, and they don't want their own life to be that way at all. Uh, the the uh, young women are are really completely unprepared for. Um, the desire for for a baby that a woman may have, and also for the changes that a baby will bring into your life. I have a, a son and daughter-in-law who are both professionals, and I remember the day one of them called up and said, "Well, mother, why does the baby sleep all day and stay awake all night?" <laughs> completely unprepared for this. <laughs> Nobody told them the baby was going to require round-the-clock attention. (laughs) And, you know, of course it goes through all classes, whether it's um, the rich people who have the nannies looking after the kids uh, or whether it's the poor people who just leave the kids alone or even sometimes rich people leave the kids alone home alone as well, but but either end of the spectrum, um, it's still not being with mommy and daddy, and that still leaves a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of loneliness, a lot of depression um, that really that really shouldn't be there and wasn't there. <laughs> I, the, it's right. I guess you see a lot of that as a psychiatrist, do you? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, not that life was perfect, you know, in 
I mean, when you look back with nostalgia, I mean, of course, nothing. There was no time when anything was perfect. But when you think about what kids would go back to when they went back to school in the fifties and the sixties and the forties, well, the forties except for the World War, um, you know, the things that they were worried about in school, the things that could happen, were so much tamer than now going to school and uh, being afraid of being shot. Well, that's right. When I talk on the college campuses, I say I really feel sorry for you and all the all the uh, the problems you have to face. When I was growing up, we only had one problem. That was money. We didn't have any of these other problems. <laughs> yeah, now it's money not having money and these other problems. Yeah. I know. But and of course, uh, I, I think uh, if you think you want to have a family, you ought to plan a life that uh, has a little space for that. And, and plan to have a husband who would be able to support you as a full-time homemaker. You know, unfortunately, um, free trade has been a great assistance to the feminist movement because this is what's moved millions of good blue-collar jobs overseas. Mm-hmm. And when the guy loses his $50,000 job working for the automobile company, and now he's got a $10 an hour job working at a fast food joint, mm-hmm. he cannot support a full-time homemaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, there, uh, there are these other factors. I know the feminists have been talking against marriage and against full-time homemakers, but they couldn't do it all. A lot of it is by the subsidies that the, the federal government is giving to single moms that they'll lose if they get married. And a lot of it is by the the free trade that has made it impossible for the husbands to support a full-time homemaker. Yes, you know, one of the most frustrating things is when you, you know, it doesn't really take a genius to look at how over the years we've been, companies have been um, having, putting plants in other countries because of the cheaper labor. And eventually, all of this, all of these jobs that have left our country, uh, the lack of jobs, have has come home to roost. But it really didn't take a genius to figure this out, you know, what, 20 years ago at least, um, that this is ultimately going to happen. I mean, there's only so many... Where did they think, if, if all the jobs were going overseas, what were people here going to do? Yes, and, uh, you know, it, it is strange. I'm not supporting Donald Trump for president, but he's the only one who's talking about what China is doing to us. And they're, they're trying to attract the American jobs over there, with not only by the cheap labor, but by the way that uh, China is stealing our patents and our intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And if you're a company that wants to set up your manufacturing plant in China, uh, you not only have to buy the land and probably probably pay off all the local bureaucrats, but you have to give them your patents and your your secret uh, trade uh, ideas so that the uh, Chinese will be able to uh, produce your product on the next round. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all the dangerous products that have been coming in because there isn't as much uh, supervision. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Ninety percent. Of, of the ingredients of all the generic drugs we're getting are coming from Asia. And there's absolutely no regulation. And it wouldn't do any good if they did because they're made in unsanitary conditions. And, uh, uh, you know, if you, 
you think you're sending some Americans over to inspect some Chinese plant, the first place you have to tell them when you're coming. So they're all ready for you. <laughs> and you've got to use a Chinese interpreter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think the uh, in, the inspection is virtually worthless. Yes, absolutely. Well, we do need to take another break. My guest is Phyllis Schlafly. She is um, an author of forty of twenty books. She is um, the a national leader of the conservative movement. We'll talk about her latest book, The Flip Side of Feminism, as well when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm here today with the Honorable <laughs> Phyllis Schlafly. She, we're going to, in the last segment, I'm going to tell you how you can um, receive her monthly newsletter called the Phyllis Schlafly Report and how you can reach her, um, well, she's heard, she also, uh, she writes a syndicated column that appears in 100 newspapers. Her radio commentaries are he- heard daily on 460 stations. Um, she has a radio talk show on education called Eagle Forum Live. I don't know how... I don't know how you have the time to uh, to do all of this. It's really incredibly impressive. But um, we're at the, in the last segment. I will also give you her website where you can find out more about all of these various accomplishments that she's made. We're talking today about reverse sexism in the Obama economy and about uh, feminism in general. And um, let's talk about that. Actually, um, your latest book, The Flip Side of Feminism. Well, it's a uh... Uh, of course, I've been fighting feminism for many years. Uh, they're, they're the ones who are promoting 
the Equal Rights Amendment, and I took on that battle, which turned out to be a 10-year battle, and we finally defeated them, the attempt to change the Constitution uh, by adding the Equal Rights Amendment. So we beat them on that. But the feminist movement is all very strong in, in the, the media and in academia. And so I think they're still doing a lot of damage with young women because they give them the wrong ideas about men and marriage and children. And uh, this book I wrote in collaboration with my niece, coming from a younger generation, hmm. uh, so that we could get the young woman's point of view. Because mm-hmm. uh, if they go to college, they get a lot of the feminist point of view. They need to get the other point of view that it's really, uh, it's really important to think about planning for marriage and children in your life if you think you're going to want that. In other words, pick pick a career that uh, uh, that you can uh, uh, leave for some some years while you're raising your children, or uh, that you could work part time at, or something. Because uh, if if your ambition is to be a partner in a top flight law firm or CEO of a big company, uh, you can't do it on a forty hour week. You can't do it on a part time job. Well, well, actually, that begs the question. How did you, a mother of six children, do all of these things that I, you know, I've been scratching the surface of mentioning? How did you manage to fit the children in there? How, how did you, you know, how did you manage to do all of these accomplishments? Well, I I never had a paid job after I got married. It was all volunteer, and it was all. Uh, spare time. It was uh, pursuing my ho- uh, hobby, and it was uh, over a period of many years. Uh, for example, for years, uh, I wrote um, wrote my books after nine o'clock at night after I put the children to bed. That's uh-huh. where they were all written. And so you had gone to law school before you had children. No, 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 no. I went to law school uh, after I was fifty. Wow, and. Um, well, that's kind of a funny story. Uh, I was trying to get one of my sons to go to law school because my husband's a lawyer, and he didn't want to do it, and I made a bet with him. I, I said, we'll both take the LSAT, and one of us will go to law school. So we both took the LSAT, and he he just wouldn't go. He wanted to go to medical school. So one thing after another, I ended up going to law school. <laughs> oh, that is a riot. Wow. <laughs> so how old was your youngest child when you did that? Uh, let's see, uh, about 15. Uh-huh. So so you were able to do that. Yeah, I was able to do that, and, and the others were all along in college somewhere or, or beyond or graduate school. You know that that is uh, that is one of the um, a really big problem that so many women, as we started to talk about before, uh, you focus on their career and and you know it's not just it's not just um, the the extra status that feminists have given to careers and so on compared to being a homemaker or a wife or a mother, but it's also um, fear of intimacy, fear of of developing deep relationships with men that women hide in careers these days as well. I I'm an author I'm an I'm an author of only three books <laughs> compared to your twenty. But um 
what my most recent one is called Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And um, and my first one was Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them and When to Leave Them. So I've studied relationships for a very long time. And um, I have seen this getting worse over the years, that as children become children of divorce, they then grow up to be afraid of having committed relationships because they're afraid that they won't last just like their parents' relationship didn't last. And so part of this flocking to careers and concentrating on careers is also a way of escaping um, being uh, escaping the dating jungle, escaping uh, having these these intimate, deep relationships with men by you know by feeling that you um, feeling sort of justified by saying, "Well, I spend all these long hours um, doing whatever my career is." Well, you you do need to have an intimate relationship with your husband, and you need to be careful about picking your husband. About picking, yes, absolutely. Yes, and uh, but um, uh, you 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 got to realize that marriage requires a lot of uh, compromises and and um, changing of uh, of your priorities. Uh, uh, the other guy grew up in a different household and may have had some different ideas and. Uh, but uh, I think marriage is a fun way to live. I'm I'm for it. <laughs> well, yes, and and what you were starting to say before that now women are getting into their mid thirties, their late thirties, their early forties, and and they look around and it's like, where did the years go? And life passed me by. And of course, of course, to have a baby after forty, although these days it's theoretically possible, it's obviously not uh, the healthiest way to go. And there's a lot of it's a lot more dangerous to have a baby after 40. So women... Yeah, one of the intellectuals of the feminist movement was Germaine Greer, and she uh, she got to 40 and and uh, said uh, she was long longing for a baby, and she said, and I have the medical bills to prove it. <laughs> she had finally realized she wasn't going to have one. Mm, mm. It's kind of sad, and they get very bitter about it. And it's 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 too bad. You got to think ahead. And uh, several years ago, you know, as an author, I'm I am in, always interested in books that get free publicity and uh, un, unpaid publicity by being on all the talk shows. And the one that got more publicity than any book I can ever remember was a book by Sylvia Hewlett, a feminist. I can't remember the name of it, but she thought she had made a remarkable scientific discovery that women are less fertile after age 40 than they are under age 40. Uh-huh. And after all this great publicity, the book didn't sell. Nobody wanted to hear that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I, it's, um... It, yes, because we all want to think we can just go yeah, on. But, but why it's better to uh, live your life on, uh, uh, by punching a time clock and reporting to a boss and... How that's better than than um, uh, reporting to your husband and taking care of your kids? I I just don't see that. Well, um, I know, and and of course it it has it has been getting worse with each generation because that's the kinds of families that people have been growing up in, 
And but I uh, find a lot of young women now who uh, grew up with a feminist mother, and they have decided that's not the life they want. I'm meeting them all the time. Uh, girl, uh, young women who say, "Oh, I, w- I wish I had read your book in time." Mm. So, so what? Um, so it's the flip side of feminism. And what was the subtitle again? What conservative? What conservative women know and men can't say. Okay. So, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean uh, the men. It's just not normal for men to fight women. You know, it was so funny. I was watching a nature show from Alaska one night on public television, and they showed a a, a bear, a female bear, uh, kind of pacing off an area to do her fishing for her cubs. And then there was a male bear, bear that wanted to encroach on her area, and he was at least 30% bigger, a big monster. And they squared off was pretty funny. They looked just like boxers in a ring. You know how they dance around and glare at each other and mm-hmm. they're getting ready for the fight. And then this huge male bear would hang his head and walk away. Hmm. It was so funny. They went through several sequences of this. And I deduce from that it's not normal for men to fight women. Yes, yes. Well, you know, that's part of what's happening with with the uh, Obama economy that um and i guess it's part of what we were talking about at the beginning the the bias towards finding women more jobs but it's a whole bunch of things men not being able to feel like they can be the breadwinner anymore losing their job losing their pensions losing you know losing money in one way or another and it makes them so emasculated and it isn't a normal um a, a normal way for, a natural way for things to be uh, yeah, that's right. And the feminist movement has tried to sell this idea, uh, not of equality, but of interchangeability. And the, yes. the sex, you know, they, they have some nutty courses in the schools now where they're trying to tell kids that, well, you, you don't have to be the gender that you think you were born mm-hmm. with. You can change your gender. It's just, hmm. You just wonder how people think up these crazy things. <laughs> God, it's, yes, it's. You know, it's a lot of confused, unhappy people, really. But, you know, obviously it is not politically correct to be talking about um, these kinds of things. No, that's right. Uh, but, but, you know, just look at the elementary schools that are all, mostly all run by women and a lot of feminists. And they're very hurtful to the little boys frequently uh, because uh, they act like little boys are just unruly girls, and they don't seem to understand the difference. And the little boys cannot sit still at a desk for the hours that little girls can. And uh, when they want to get up and run around, uh, then they want to give them Ritalin or some drug to make them behave. Mm-hmm. And I am distressed that so many schools have canceled recess. Because hmm. anybody who's had boys and girls know that the boys have got to go out and and run around and play and wrestle with each other so they can come in and sit down and learn something. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, we need to take another break. My guest is Phyllis Schlafly. She is uh, the uh, editor, or, or she is the creator of a monthly newsletter called the Phyllis Schlafly Report. We'll tell you how to get that in the next segment, and um, she is. Uh, we've been talking about her most recent book, 
the flip side of feminism, what conservative women know and men can't say. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about reverse sexism in the Obama economy. My guest is Phyllis Schlafly. She is one of the um, the heads of the... <laughs> Um, national, she's, well, wait a second. She is the national, cha- she has so many titles. I'm sorry if I'm, you know, going over them, but, um, the national chairman of the Republican National Coalition for Life and founder of the Pro Family Eagle Forum organization. We're going to be talking about that right now so that if any of this has hit a chord, um, with all of you listening, um, you know, there is more that you can do about this. We don't have to be helpless and accept society the way it is. Um, certainly, Phyllis should be a uh, a, mo- a role model, um, you know, for for I guess being able to do it all, but not necessarily from a feminist perspective, or not from a feminist perspective, the opposite. So, Phyllis, tell us about your Eagle Forum and what people can do if they, you know, if you've um, motivated them or, or wake- awakened them to some of these issues. Well, the organization that I built up. Is called Eagle Forum, and it's an organization of volunteers uh, who care about this country and its future and want to be active in politics in order to make sure that we have the right policies, elect the right candidates, and uh, generally save our country so that uh, we can pass it along to our children and grandchildren. I am a volunteer in Eagle Forum, and all my state presidents are volunteers. We are an organization with real people, and I would urge you to join us. We we think the country has some serious problems today, and we want to remedy them. Go on the website at eagleforum.org. That's just one, one spelled as one word, eagleforum.org. And uh, you can sign up. You can get uh, further information on all the topics we've talked about today. 
Uh, you can become a member. You can uh, get alerts about uh, legislation that might affect you and your family, and we invite you to join us. And tell us about some of the things that people in your organization volunteer to do. Uh, well, we just finished our our national conference, our 40th national conference. Wow. And we had uh, lots of training sessions on many issues, such as uh, how to get out the vote, how to pass good uh, pro-life uh, legislation, uh, how we uh, file amicus briefs to help the right guys when they're in fighting the, some of these issues in the courts, uh, uh, what uh, information you need to know about the UN, um, the the problems that the whole institution of marriage is facing today, uh, just all kinds of issues that I think you'd be interested in. We had a, a very splendid talk uh, on the immigration issues. And uh, so I urge you to join us so that we can save our country and elect a new crowd and 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 make sure we can pass our country along to our children and grandchildren and not just a, a big a bunch of debt hanging around their net. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how um, people, Democrats and Republicans, are, are kind of increasing the rhetoric to saying that uh, this country is in a very heading, well, we all know it's heading, not heading in a good direction, but, um, you know, saying that we're, we're at the precipice of, you know, of dissolution, essentially. I mean, you know, really, um, very sensational words, not that, not that, not that some of it isn't true, but, um, but, you know, have you been, I'm sure you've noticed that, that, uh, it's sort of increased the tenor, the tone, the, and, and each side is trying to use it to their own advantage, of course. Uh, well, yes. Uh, uh, <clears throat> well, there's a lot at stake. There's just so much money in in the federal government uh, that is being uh, misspent. Right. And uh, I, I think uh, money is a lot of the problem. It just shouldn't. It shouldn't be spent. Uh, for example, the one area that Obama insists on increasing money for was to give loans and grants to send kids to college. Now, the plain fact is there are hundreds of thousands of kids who got college degrees today who cannot get a job mm. that justifies the debt they're coming out of college with. Mm. And I think uh, imposing this debt on kids is, is just wrong. I, I do not think the taxpayers should send anybody to college. I worked my way through college. I don't know. I think anybody else can do it if I can do it. And... Uh, then maybe uh, you won't be you won't have this debt hanging over your life. Uh, this debt is a great uh, discouragement to marriage. I, I've heard of all kinds of people who didn't want to get married because they would didn't want to take on the other person's mm. college debt that you can never get rid of. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I forget who it was, but I, on the radio, someone was was being quoted or was talking about. Um, how in great societies, uh, the, the one thing that started their downfall, which of course makes sense, are, is a money problem, is, you know, an economy falling apart. Well, the economy is sort of falling apart now, and I think it's due to a, a, a lot of wrong policies. Uh, 
I, I think the housing bubble is an absolute uh, disgrace. Um, the government imposed on the banks the obligation to go out and and uh, give uh, mortgages to people who really didn't have the money to buy a house. Yes. And I think that is so wrong. My parents never owned a house, and the idea that you're a good citizen only if you own a house hmm. is, and that uh, if somebody had tried to sell them a house they couldn't afford, mm-hmm. I, I just find that very offensive. Yes, there were a, a lot of mistakes made along the way, and they're all kind of coming home to roost now. But um, but there is the resilience in America. I mean, we are, if we all put our mind to it, it's not like we're... It's not like this is a fait accompli. We certainly can get ourselves out of it, but of course, the big, the best way to start doing that is uh, changing the the guard in the White House. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Possible. Uh, we certainly are working for that, and uh, and working for the right uh, the right laws. And if you go on our website, eagleforum.org, on the right hand side, you'll see our alerts when uh, that tell you about when. Uh, Bills are coming up that you need to contact your congressman and tell them how to vote. Yes. I believe in telling them how to vote. Yes. I I heard one congressman who said he just votes the way the calls come in the morning of the vote. Huh. And uh, it's very important. They do want to hear from their constituents. And our system on our website uh, will direct you. You put in your zip code, and our system will direct you absolutely to your own congressman. Well, that's that's fabulous because if that that's you know one of the things that people feel helpless about, like who who do I call, what do I do, um, and this mm-hmm. this of course takes that block away. So um, again, I'm going to give out the website again. It's uh, eagleforum.org, e a g l e forum f o r u m dot org, um, and that I I really please everyone go there and and check it out because. Um, this is Phyllis is a brilliant woman who has, you know, I, I guess I that that just boggles my mind going to law school at fifty. You know, I mean, there are ways of if if um, <laughs> for all of you women out there, there are ways to to get things into your life to fit things in all the important things in. Yes, it takes a lot of energy and drive and and devotion, um, but certainly it can be done and and. Uh, and Phyllis is an example, a role model of someone who had, who did it, and she did it at a time when it really was, it was a lot harder for women in those days than it is today. I mean, certainly, for example, when I applied to medical school, it was a lot harder than it, than it is today for women to get into medical school. So, so you I know, think the medical schools are now running fifty percent women. Yes, yes. And this, you know, uh, Dr. Carroll, this is going to mean we're going to have a doctor shortage in the future. Yes. Because the plain fact is that women doctors will not work the long hours yes. that the men doctors will. Yes. yes. Only I. <laughs> Only I'm a workaholic. Yeah. Well, Phyllis Schlafly, thank you so much for being on the show. I want to, again, the website that you all should go to is eagleforum.org. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And please, everyone, check all of this. Out, we've been, you know, we've been hitting some of the highlights, but you really need to to read more about it on Phyllis's website. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Dr. Carroll. Well, thank you, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carroll's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 